This is the Stoppage Time Podcast from WEGL 91.1, giving you the latest on all the big talking points from the Premier League and the Champions League. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stoppage Time. As always, I'm your host, David Ordway, and tonight I'm always joined with by Chris Basinger. How are we doing, Chris? Doing pretty well. Um, good weekend for, uh, for Premier League. A lot of great matches. Looking forward to talking about them. And rejoining us this week is Tanner. Tanner is a huge Everton fan, for those of you who don't know, and we're very happy to have you on. How are you doing tonight, Tanner? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I've, I've enjoyed listening, and I'm glad to be back on. All right, well, as always, let's hop into it. So, Crystal Palace in Newcastle. Crystal Palace won one nothing on a 44th-minute goal by Patrick Van Aanholt. Uh, actually, a really nice free kip, kick. Uh, Sheffield United and Brighton Hove Albion tied 1-1. Enda Stevens scored in the 26th. Why Malpe scored in the 30th? Uh, actually, a pretty boring game. Did you see that? Did you see that Enda Stevens strike though? It was. It was really it was nice. nice. It was nice, nice. Southampton won two to nothing against Aston Villa. Shane Long scored in the eighth minute, while Stuart Armstrong scored in the 90th plus five minutes. Uh, they actually Aston Villa pulled their goalkeeper off the field to try to score, and they just uh, Southampton just went down the field and countered and scored. Uh, Pepe Reina couldn't be bothered to run all the way back to his goal. Absolutely, uh, at the end of that match, I'm not sure if it was because he was um, just giving up or if he was just too old to actually do it. Wolverhampton Wanderers won three to nothing against Norwich City. Diego. Jota. Jota. I was going to say Costa there for a second. That's a long time ago. <laughs> and Raul Jimenez scored. The elephant man. Uh, <laughs> Diego Jota and Raul Jimenez scored. Uh, Diego Jota had a brace. And that puts Wolves up higher and Norwich down lower in the table. Leicester City versus Manchester City. Uh, Leicester lost one to nothing. Gabriel Jesus scored in the 80th minute. Uh, this will get our talking point started tonight uh, with VAR, actually. Uh, this game was the f- was the, actually one of the middle games of the VAR crisis of the weekend. Uh, if uh, Kevin De Bruyne had a handball that was not called, uh, and the rule is that if your arm is above your waist or your shoulders, and the ball hits your hand, it's an automatic handball, even if it's intentional or not. Now, right now, the rule is it has to be intentional for it really to be called a handball. Now that's also up to interpretation. Yeah, I was quite surprised that they did not call that one back, especially after um, they ended up giving the penalty to City. Yep. Just just Other because than- I I thought it was um, I thought it was a definite handball. It's not in a natural position. It's in the box. Um, it definitely impacted uh, how the ball was traveling because if not, I believe it would have been on target. Um, uh, the argument that he was defending his face uh, with it, he wasn't defending his face. He was turned sideways. He was completely sideways on the ball, and he had his arms about a foot away. Um, trying, You can't block the ball. If it's coming straight at you, you can't block it by putting your hands to your side. So it 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 was not um, – it was a completely missed call. Absolutely. It was, was. completely missed. But City pulled it out with a one nothing win. Our second game of VAR, again, messed up. Uh, Vardergate, Burnley versus uh, Bournemouth. Uh, Burnley did win three to nothing. Uh, Beecher scored in the fifty third. Jay Rodriguez had a penalty, which we'll talk about in a second in the sixty first. And Dwight McNeil scored in the eighty seventh. Now let's talk about the penalty. So 
what happened was Bournemouth, uh, Burnley came down the field and shot a ball on net, and it hit a Burnley player hand. Mike Dean, Mike Dean, uh, didn't call a handball on the field. The ball went back the other way, and Burnley scored. Or Bournemouth scored, and then VAR flipped it and gave Burnley a penalty after Bournemouth had already scored a goal, which is I can't even imagine how I'd feel if I was a player on Bournemouth after uh, put yourself in the, the player's shoes that scored the goal. You're like the happiest person in the world. You like you score a goal like I mean I haven't scored a goal in like 12 years of my life and, <laughs> and I can't imagine the thrill that's going through and then all of a sudden Mike Dean just goes VR check penalty for Burnley no goal like that's got to be a terrible feeling. Uh I think I mean though the call was right arguably I think they should have checked. I mean, that was just terrible. Like, I mean, there's really nothing you can do. Like, it's it's the whole it's the whole thing about it being in the buildup. I mean, that whole that whole idea of of oh, there was there was a foul or, or a handball in the buildup is is tricky in itself because like, at what point does it stop being a buildup and reset and and go? But with with that one, I think it was it was pretty clear that that is what actually started the break almost. Um, and and but yeah, it really does suck for the Bournemouth player, but. It's the rule. I'm no, like, no, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not. It was applied just, correctly. It just, it, it just, it had to, yeah, be awful for that player. Well, and let's talk about awful. And when I mean awful, I mean absolutely one of the worst performances I have ever watched in my entire life. Chelsea versus Tottenham Hotspur, <laughs> two to one. Uh, Can you guess by my voice which team won? Chelsea won two to one. Olivier Giroud. Scored in the 15th minute. And Marcus Alonso scored in the 48th minute right after halftime. Uh, and then one of the most bizarre things that you'll ever see in sports occurred when, G- well, let's let's start from the beginning. Giovanni Lo Celso, one of my favorite players. Uh, he had a partial kick out on Mason Mount in the first half that based on the sun kick out, uh, which happened a few weeks ago, the first time Chelsea played um, Tottenham. And based on the non-red card, which we talked about last week on the show uh, from Harry Maguire, it should have absolutely been a red card. Now, this is not the thing that's being talked about. Though. The thing that's being talked about is what occurred to Azpilicueta uh, a little bit after the Marcos Alonso goal. Jim Alonso went to get the ball. The ball went away. Azpilicueta slid. Got the ball. The ball went away. It was far enough away that this is not even an argument. Los Celso stamped on Aspilicueta's thigh or, or, or shin. Yeah, I mean, just it, stamped. It wasn't malicious. He was. He. Was, I think he was. He was just putting his foot down. But it it's, was on his shin. It's on his shin. There is no doubt in my mind. Uh, I knew. I saw it. The play. I went. That goes to VAR. That's a red card. It should have been a red card on the field. I, I've no. Uh, uh, Michael Oliver. Um, I, who who's usually uh, one of the best? I think referees he's terrible. Every league. game I've really, seen, I think he's really? one of the worst. I, I worse like, than Martin Atkinson. Worse than Mike. Ma- Dean. No, 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 you no, just no. hate Martin, a- no, Martin Atkinson. Worse than Anthony nobody, Taylor. Nobody is nobody's That's worse hard. than Mike Dean. Let's let, let Mike we need to put we need to put him at the bottom. Mike Dean's entertaining though. Mike Dean's a golf caddy. <laughs> <laughs> but. But well, apparently Mike Dean can't figure it out in the VAR booth either. No, but yeah. Oh no, absolutely not. But in saying this, 
Should have been a red card. Mm-hmm. Uh, VAR messed up terribly. Uh, I, I think I, the I, most controversial part of this uh, isn't that they missed uh, the red card, isn't that they missed the red card on the field, isn't that they missed the red card in the VAR booth. It's that they came out during the match. Oh, and yeah. During the match, VAR announced, <laughs> we've made a mistake. I'm sorry, we've made a mistake. It should have been a red card. The, and there's nothing that they can do. Michael Oliver just can't and, go and over Giovanni and give Giovanni cannot a get card. a ban for them admitting they made a mistake. He can't get a ban for that. Exactly. And, and, and like, lucky, luckily for Tottenham, which I will get to in a minute, mm-hmm. he can't get a ban for that. Now, in saying that, the referee that did the VAR is suspended this upcoming weekend from doing VAR, uh, from my knowledge, or expended, uh, suspended. Wow. Hopefully he'll get trained well, on it. Hopefully everyone will get trained on it. I think this is one of those instances where um, uh, VAR is going to suffer for the remainder of the season um, because even though they they have said explicitly um, on red card offenses, the referee can now go over and check the monitor. I do not know why um, why it didn't happen in this instant. I don't know why. Um, the re- the has it the happened bar? all season? Has anybody gone? Yes, that yeah, they who, who went? Checked. I think it was Mike Dean, wasn't it? Was it Mike Dean? I thought so. I mean, it, it, it has definitely happened ahead of the curve. Season. It's Mike it's, Dean. <laughs> it's only it's only been a couple of times because that was the big issue with with uh, with a lot of the stuff is that they're just listening to the to the bar the bar official and not actually going to look at it themselves. Right. Uh, and, it's not and like even it's not like in, the NFL where right. where they go over yeah. and look at a tablet. I guess now, but and this really took away from from. The, the VAR in this game took away from Chelsea's dominance of the game. Uh, Chelsea was outstanding, in my opinion. Dominated the full game. I know Tottenham scored. Actually, Rudiger scored an own goal. Uh, it really, there's nothing good. It was not his fault. Uh, and we didn't do anything that great. Uh, I, I actually, I will take this moment because I told Chris I was going to do this. So I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. For you Tottenham fans out there that blame Harry Winks and Lucas Mora and say they're bad, and and like, do you watch the soccer games? <laughs> I, I, I'm I, I'm angry about. It. I was I was texting Chris the other last weekend after the game, and you know I you should stay off social media anytime your team loses, uh, especially Tottenham because we don't have any trophies. But get a bit Spursy. Get a little bit Spursy. But the amount of fans I saw that were just like Harry Winks is mediocre, Lucas Moore is only. <laughs> He lives off the three goals he had in, in Amsterdam. Like, if you watch the game, one, Harry Winks is not a box-to-box fo- box defensive mid. I said fox. Box-to-fox? Box-to-fox. I guess that's if, if you're playing, playing against Leicester. <laughs> uh, but is not a box-to-box defensive mid. He's he's played very outstanding, I think, this whole season. And Lucas Moura was the one player I thought he played better than Bergwin did. Uh, personally, by watching the game. All right, I'm done. Ben. Uh, right. Oh, we, we, why mean, didn't why didn't yeah. they put why didn't they put Lucas Moura up top and and put because I assume well, Moura played out this wide. Is right? nec- this is the next thing I'm gonna get to. So Mourinho's tactics. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't have a striker, but you gotta do something else. Parrot. True. We have parrot. parrot. We have parrot. parrot. Um, I don't get it. Um, I no, I don't understand it either because uh, in, in this game. Uh, Chelsea had seventy nine percent of the chances, and uh, what what do you think Tottenham's expected goals were? Just guess. What do you think that it was? Point five, less. Point two. Point two seven. No opportunities. What? They had, like, they had 
Tottenham had five shots the entire night, and they still managed to have 50% of the possession. The problem is you're playing Mourinho, of course, plays we very defensively. 50% possession? 51. Are you kidding? I kid you not. The problem with Mourinho's tactics is, right, he's playing a 5-4-1. So he's going to have, he's, more, he's gonna have possession. Behind him or on the outside left or right? Where? Who? Where is Mora lined up? Mora is lined up on the left. Is it? There's... No, Tottenham looked completely lost. Oh, I know. I in in Chelsea's half the field, they they did not know who to get it to. I saw almost no s- uh, resemblance of any shape. Oh, it was um, terrible. It it was honestly terrible. No. It was one of the worst performances I've had all year. It looked like we didn't have a plan. And I understand the idea that Troy Parrott's not ready. We have to give him a chance. We do not have a choice yeah, to give him a chance. You, you can't you can't isolate. Uh, Bergwin up top. Oh, what no. you need to do is you need to support him. You got to uh, surround Until him with, we with three other number tens to Harry make Kane up one back, number nine. Because Harry Kane's gonna be back before Luke, uh, uh, Son. Until we get Kane back, we have to try Parrot at least well, once. Uh, that's that's been a critique of Mourinho throughout his career, uh, along with mm-hmm. the whole park the bus idea, yada yada, which is a little overblown in, in my opinion. Albeit mine too. against Chelsea, he, he he's played, no he's he no Diego he's no Diego Simeone. Yeah, no, he is not. <laughs> um, but it, it, one of the knocks on him is that he doesn't use the youth academies, no but, matter but, where he is. But and that at, was something that Potts was Tenganga. great at. Tanganga's twenty years it's, old and. And that was such a deviation from what he usually does. And he does. was forced. He was forced into playing Tanganga. No, no, That's he, the only he, reason he why he got into. Play he wasn't. He didn't have to. He, he didn't could, have to. He could have kept. He had. He had been. Yeah. No, no. He did. He he played Tanganga because he wanted to play. I mean, just mm-hmm. same thing with Oliver Skip. Mm-hmm. He likes Oliver Skip. I, I, I'm not getting into it. Anyway, we weren't even supposed to talk about Tottenham and Chelsea for that long. Uh, <laughs> we we weren't. I mean, I, I got I got distracted. Uh, got passionate. Ma- Manchester United, Watford. Manchester United won three to nothing. Bruno Fernandez scored a penalty in the forty second and had a had an assist on that Greenwood goal that was a, sh- a rip. Oh yeah, that I mean Martial a, and Greenwood both scored three uh, nothing. Uh, pretty dominant performance for Manchester United. Um, poor Watford, but uh, Manchester United seems to be playing a little better. I don't know if that's going to stay that way, but hey. Well, Bruno Fernandez does anything oh, he's on the amazing. ball, and the entire crowd is going to cheer him. I, I saw a video today of um, uh, of uh, they're used to Fred. What do you expect? Yes, they're used to fifty three million pound Fred. Although Fred has been good this year, I want to maintain this. That's an argument. He has been good. Hey. I brought this up last week. I okay, say, we bring up Fred. This is important. Okay, is Kovacic the same player as Fred? No, I think so. No, you have you watched them play, like together? Like have, have you have you ever? You should put them side to side and watch them play. Mm-hmm. They literally do the same thing. That and I understand like Fred, but the thing I brought up today, but Kovacic has been to a World Cup final. No, 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 you can't you can't count. I'm talking about strictly this season because I understand Fred was really terrible last year. Uh huh. Kovacic and Fred costed the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Cost the same amount of money. They play almost exactly the same. They do. They don't score goals. They dribble. They're dribblers. They're like Musa Dembele's, mm-hmm. except Musa's much better than both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. Just, just throw it out. J- uh, food for, for food for thought. Food for thought. But think about it through the future when you're watching the game. Just be Fred, like, oh, yeah. Fred has been. I, I think he got a bad rap after after last year. He didn't start great this year either. No. No. But he he's he stepped it up, and I I still think that. Which is a little bit better. I I, mm. I oh, think yeah. that part of it could be oddly who they're who they're, who they're surrounded with. Um, I mean, like 
Kovacic's main goal scorer at the beginning of the year was was Tammy Abraham. And he's been great, but since then, yeah, and Olivier Giroud, like what? Yeah, what, and, <laughs> what and, do you do? But um, I mean, Mason Fred, Greenwood, Fred Marcus Rashford, and McTominay Marcial. too. Yeah, so he did have that, and, that and not Pogba. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. And he's not ever going to be surrounded by Pogba ever again. More than likely. Yes. So uh, this week on, well, I have to tell you, I was rooting so hard for West Ham in this game because I thought, like, perfection was going to disappear. Uh-huh. And it didn't. So it we're going to talk about this have. in a second. Should have, but it didn't. Uh, David Liber- Moyes, baby. Liverpool... Uh, won three to two. I don't believe David Moyes has ever won a game in Anfield. Why? Why? scored in the ninth minute, and then Issa Diop scored for West Ham. It was like, wow, West Ham scored. This is nuts. I mean, it's not gonna stay. That's that's the first goal and at would Anfield you, since Richarlison scored. Pablo in Arnals scored in the fifty fourth minute, and the world. Sh- it was like the shot heard around the world in the Revolutionary War. Literally, it was like. It was like everyone, every soccer fan from around the world, other than Liverpool, Liverpool fans. I, I'm messing up. I got Foxes, Liverpool, Pool. I don't know what Liverpudlians, Scousers. Anyway, anyway, the shot heard around the world. Like every every soccer fan from around the world was like, oh, we're all Hammers fans. <laughs> and then I'm uh, sitting there, I'm going, wow, this is the perfect opportunity. You got Fabianski back, who I believe, I, and, I, and I know Chris uh, will disagree with this. Um, and that's okay because I actually somewhat agree with Chris. I think Fabianski is probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Um, Still not as good as Adrian. No. Okay. So Adrian, who ha- who had to leave West Ham after last season, and one week away from the Super Cup, did so not have a team. Fabianski still, but Mohamed Salah hit the ball right at him, and it just went right through his legs and like, his hands. It went his through hands. his hands first, it went, it and went then it went through his, his legs. Hands. So the, so the cop it was pulled in the ball. With its spirit, the the spirit of the cop pulled the ball across the line. So it was two two, and then Sadio Mane scored in the eighty first minute, and Trent Trent made that goal, and the world. Just Joe Gomez made that goal. Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. At some his point, shot that that was a, almost as bad as Virgil's shot <laughs> oh, against yeah. Everton. Yes. <laughs> that was a, the same same energy. At some point. Well, let's just get into this now because we have this talking point on our on our board here. We actually have a little nice whiteboard this week to. But is Liverpool, could they become the Invincibles? Should they? Are they going to? No. Oh, oh, I have an answer. All right. So no, but more than likely. Let's let, let's let Christopher go first. Ooh. Go okay. ahead, Chris. So, first of all, mentality monsters. Second of all, doubters to believers, right? Liverpool fans believe. Liverpool players believe. Jurgen Klopp believes. We... I, I've tried this season not to focus on all these um, arbitrary records that Liverpool, that Liverpool could be. You almost messed it up, too. Um, and we're all messing it up tonight. We're all messing it up. We're going off the rails. Um, <laughs> but um, going into the game away at Old Trafford, uh, Liverpool were one win away from tying um, tying the, the longest uh, consecutive win streak. This was carried over from uh, last season. Longest consecutive win streak in the Premier League. And when Liverpool went um, and and tied United, I didn't go into that game feeling like, oh, I really, really, really want to win because I really, really, really want to get this record. No, I went into that game and I was thinking, if we get a draw, I will be happy. Because last season we went into uh, Old Trafford and we got a nil-nil draw. And that was one of those draws that held us back 
from from getting the Premier League title. But I knew that this was probably going to be one of our hardest games just because um, the the rivalry um, and the atmosphere. But I did not care about the records. Um, but but since then, Liverpool have gone on, and this West Ham game made it 18 wins, and I'm still focused on the title. All the Liverpool players— Dude, you, you won the title. All the Liverpool players, there are four games, four wins left, or even so, um, 12. If, if Liverpool drew the rest of their matches, 12 matches, they would still win uh, the Premier League at the end of the season. But Liverpool isn't there yet. They are, however, unbeaten in 44 Premier League games. The record, um, and, but like I said, I, I first care about the title. Get the title. And then we can care about all these records. I would not care if we fell short on every single one of these records as long as we got silverware at the end of the season. But uh, Liverpool are currently unbeaten in 44 Premier League games. The record is 49, which is Arsenal's Invincibles. Um, this team is better than Arsenal's Invincibles. Incredible I just, team. I just want to tell. I just want to say that out there now. This team is better than Arsenal. Well, Liverpool have the same number of wins right now as as the Invincibles, and Liverpool have equal points or. Excuse me. They have the same number of wins right now as the Invincibles. The, the Invincibles had a great. I mean, they had some unbelievable players, but play. For but they position, also had thirteen draws. They didn't have the style. But for that, position no. for position, I mean, there just, there's an argument in players and, and who's at who. And they had more one nil wins than any other team that I can remember. Also, uh, also currently Liverpool is uh, on level points with Manchester United in their treble winning season. Uh, Liverpool, of course, equaled City in their win streak at 18 consecutive um, wins that City had in the Centurion season. Uh, if Liverpool win uh, at Watford on the weekend, then it would break the record at 19. And they're not going to. Uh, one more home win at Anfield, Fortress Anfield, uh, to make a new record of 21 consecutive home, reigns, home wins, beating uh, the old record of uh, 20, I believe, which was held by Liverpool, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then... Four uh, more to make four away wins to make a 12 match consecutive win streak, which would be the record for away wins. But then also, um, I feel like I feel like be, he's about ready to like introduce Bo Jackson out it, here. It's like the I'm, I'm about, I'm about to talk about some of the greatest <laughs> athletes. Yeah. It, it's funny that you say that because um, my, the last thing that I have written down for this Liverpool Invincibles uh, talking point is. Um, four more wins, and it would be the first domestic league title for Liverpool in 30 years. And just think about some of the players that have come through the doors of Anfield in that time. 30 years. So you have players like Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Jamie Carragher, Steven Gerrard, um, John Barnes, Xavi Alonso, Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez, Coutinho, Jordan Henderson, goat. All all of these players, Ragnar Clavin's the goat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all of these players who have come through Anfield with incredible teams. You, you think about that um, uh, that Rafa Benitez team that uh, just fell short to to United. Uh, the the team that lost um, in that terrible three three draw uh, in the thirteen fourteen season uh, away at Crystal Palace that fell short. Um, and you think of uh, last season, just one point, just one point, only one loss throughout the entire campaign. 
and that's what drives these players. That's that's really it's like I said at the beginning of this talk, mentality monsters, and that's uh, until they get that trophy, they're not going to settle. So Tanner and I both think they're going to lose a game this season, and I'm going to tell you which game it's going to be. It's going to be March 16th at 3 p.m. Please watch Everton at home at Goodson. That's Liverpool. It's going to happen. So I, I have gonna... said I, I, what I typed down immediately was no capital letters, but I said, but honestly, more likely than not. Um, but I, yeah, I think that we have a shot at Goodison. We have a much better system now. The FA Cup game was an example of the wrong players playing and the ones who were playing not caring at all. It was the worst display that I have seen as an Everton fan. Well, should we, should in we get in Everton? In a long time. Not, not quite yet. You don't want to get in Everton yet? I, I feel like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that won't happen again. So I think we do have a chance. Mm-hmm. And being at Goodison is a, is a whole other thing, oh, yeah. especially in a, in a derby, especially when you could potentially clinch the title at Goodison, which if potentially, that happens. Potentially, if City drop. Uh, yeah. points, then it could be yeah. potentially clinched. Right, um, right now, it's at home against Crystal Palace, which would be the next game. I also think that Chelsea could be a close game, albeit it's it'll be at Anfield. And so I, I, the second to last game of the season. And the same for yeah. Arsenal at the Emirates. How how poetic would it be if Arsenal was the one that stopped <laughs> you all from, from getting that? Uh, but oh, the biggest threat's that'd obviously... that would be terrible. That would be awful. I don't want that. That's the, not. The biggest threat's obviously City at, City at the Etihad. But mm, um, mm-hmm. I... I, I I think it's probably going to happen. I don't want it to, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root against it every time. But Well, the Emirates this week had Arsenal versus Everton. 3-2. Yeah. to two. Uh, Is it Nikita? Is, that, is it Eddie Nikita? Is that Nikita. Nikita. Eddie Nikita, the Arsenal youngster, scored the 27th minute. His first, I think it's his first, first Premier, Premier League goal. goal. It was a beautiful oh, goal. Yeah. That cross by Saka was incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, right, we'll get to Saka in a second. Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored in the first minute. Uh, Literally the first. It was little, I, I 46 looked, seconds in. I looked away for like a minute, mm-hmm. and then I look up, we have a free kick, and we score a goal. And I was like, how did that happen? And I, it was it was, it was was a very good start. I was fine with that. Pierre, I thought he headed it, and he did not, and he kicked it. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored in the 33rd, then Richarlison scored in the 45th. And Richarlison. Uh, right before halftime. Barely... It, it, yeah, they yeah, gave it to Richarlison. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he missed the ball. Oh yeah, but I'm cool with it. Uh, and then Abangyang yeah. then scored again in the 46th. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into Everton, I just need to say uh, one thing about a player on Arsenal. Uh, this Saka guy, Bukayo. Oh, he's good. And, and and I don't like to say that about Arsenal. Uh, I don't like to admit that they have a really good young talent. This kid is is really good, yeah. uh, to the point which one he's not his position is not an actual left back. He's, uh, it's like he, a left wing. He I plays mean, a he, left and and he just goes down the flank and I, and sends in some crosses. He that are he does incredible. things that I haven't seen a left back do in a long time in the Premier League. Other than Robertson, yeah, like, I'm about to Robertson, say. <laughs> I was like, um, I was about to. Mm. Uh, other, other than Robertson, um, he he makes runs. Uh, for example, uh, we're, we're going to get to it a little later, but Alfonso Davies today in the Chelsea Baron match, uh, I see a lot of just the explosive run up the sideline, cross the ball, and I mean Davies is better than Saka is, but right now I say but, yeah. uh, right now I mean they're both almost they're the both same age, say, yeah. But um, Saka's just outstanding now. Let's, Saka Saka uh, Saka's played great in the Europa League too. Oh, he's been outstanding, and he didn't even start the game. Uh, Kolasinac. If they would have kept Kolasinac, if Kolasinac hadn't gotten hurt, Everton wins the game. 
I I a hundred percent believe. All right, it, but. so let's get into Everton. Everton did lose two to no, two, three to two. Uh, I know. I all I have written down here is Everton tactics. So I'm sure Tanner is going to dive in. So let, let's let's okay. get into it. So what I was sent uh, in preparing for the show was was Everton tactics going forward with the tough run of games um, coming. I mean we we have we have United and Chelsea um, coming up. And so we're gonna we're gonna stick with a four four two in defense. I mean that's that's the system that Ancelotti plays. Ancelotti plays. He plays a Ancelotti. Ancelotti. <laughs> Ancelotti plays. He plays this this tight, compact four four two in in defense. Um, and it, and it works. It, it's it's his system. It's the system that he's been known as a manager that will come in and adapt to the size that he has. Um, but when he first started coaching at a at Parma and started coaching. At a higher level, I mean, he coached he coached uh, his local side, and that's how he got this job. Um, when he had the, we had played players like Hernan Crespo and and John Franco Zola, he had his system, mm-hmm. and he did not bend it to anybody. So much so to the point where he sold John Franco Zola um, because he wasn't going to accommodate him at a ten. He wanted to stick with a four four two. Since he's kind of adapted, um, but now he's coming back to Everton, and he doesn't have those types of players. He's not coaching Real Madrid or Bayern or or uh, hell, even Napoli. Um, they don't have those superstar world class players. Are to, you are you saying that Theo Walcott is not yes, a Theo, superstar? The Theo Walcott is Arsenal legend. Theo Walcott has never been a superstar. I mean, he's he's okay at, at most. But you know, we'll stick with a four four two in defense. Um, and I think I'd like to see Coleman instead of Sidibe because Sidibe was the reason that that Obama Yang just destroyed us. Obama Yang and Sacco Saka. Um, part of the issue was. Ooh, what was it? Who's that? Whoever sent in the last cross to Obama Yang um, in the 46th minute, um, Leighton Baines just didn't close him down. And Leighton Baines had a good game. Leighton Baines didn't close him down, but Sidibe also left Yerry Mina out to dry um, when it came to, to defending that header. Uh, so I think Coleman instead of Sidibe would shore up our back line immensely. Um, we have to play <laughs> Morgan Schneiderlin or uh, Fabian Delph uh, alongside Gomes in the middle. Gomes just doesn't do enough defensively. Uh, so for me, that means Gilfie goes to the bench. Uh, he doesn't work hard enough to play next to Gomes. Um, so it's going to be Schneider, Leonard, Delph. I, I, I'd, 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 I'm cool with either. I don't. Mm. <laughs> they're both the same amount of bad at this point. Uh, Delph actually played pretty well last game um, by Delph standards. Um, I really wish we had John Philippe Gabamon. He played for three games. I don't even know who he is. Oh, yes, I do. He's the young He's kid sitting from the Ivory right? Coast. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I really wish we had him. He played three games, and he got injured, and, and he hasn't played since. And he's probably not going to play this year. Um. He's a good FIFA card. So, like I've said, I, I I'm a fan of the Sixers twice. Uh, we can we we can we can win at home, not on the road. Our yeah, best the, players get injured. <laughs> I'm the one wearing a Sixers jersey right now. No, but in attack, uh, we're gonna stick. I think we're gonna stick with the same type of tactics. Uh, one of our wide midfielders, uh, either Awobi or Bernard, uh, will drift inside uh, with Dominic Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up top. They're two of the best strikers in the Premier League, at least on form. Um, at this point, um, with this system, we usually see the more defensive center midfielder, so either Delph or Schneiderlin, they'll drop back uh, while the fullbacks push up. So if Coleman uh, comes in. I think that our what I think our best lineup is, which is our, our normal back four with Coleman on the right, um, and then Walcott or Awobi on the right, um, Gomes, and then Schneider and Delph, and then uh, Bernard out left, and our two up top. 
Uh, in attack, I think it would look something like a 4-1-3-2. And so the four in the back would be Coleman, uh, Holgate, and Mina, and then actually Delph sliding back into the left back position because Dini's going to run forward. And he's going to push forward. He always, he's always going to. And so the one uh, in front of the back four would be Andre Gomes because he has the ability to pick out a pass and, and actually penetrate. Um, but so our nice three... Nice to see him back, too. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, he's... He, he completed 25 passes in, in about 30 minutes of game time. That's five less passes than Gilfie Sigurdsson had in 90 minutes of game time. Oh, Tanner, mm. how do you feel I will that? get there. No, I'm not <laughs> done. I will get there. Um, but, yeah, so I think that would be our best lineup because Digne would end up being up on the left in that three. Uh, Bernard would come centrally, and then you'd have a Wobie or Walcott out on the right. And I just think Dominic and, and Richarlison up top are, are, are an incredible pair, and I hope they would get to work together for a long, long time. Um because Richarlison can can carry the ball well, and Dom is, is kind of developing that poacher's instinct that I think is is really really big about him. Albeit, would love if he had a little bit more range. Seems like he can hit from about six inches, but anything other than that, it seems he can be a little wide of the mark. Um, but what what I think will actually happen? <laughs> I think we're gonna go to like a it's gonna be like a three five two in attack, uh, three one four two, with uh, both of the fullbacks pushing up, especially a Sidibe plays because he doesn't know how to defend and only knows how to attack. Uh, so both of the fullbacks will push up. Gomes will be in that that kind of in-between-the-lines area where he'll kind of help penetrate. And what I would like to see is a, both a Wobi and Bernard start out wide and then end up both coming centrally uh, with obviously the same two up top. And so the width would be provided by uh, Coleman and Coleman and Digne. Uh, but if, if Walcott starts, for, starts on the right, then they'll just overlap together and, and stay outside and send in crosses like the one that... Uh, Bernard scored against Crystal Palace. Uh, Walcott sent that cross in, and then Bernard volleyed at home. It was really, really, really nice. Um, we just have to be more efficient with our passing in the final third. We, we, I think we can. Compl- I want to say we completed less than like twenty passes in the final third against against Arsenal or something. I, I really don't remember. We're we're very bad at it. I know we are very bad at it, especially when compared to other teams in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I, I would say. Um- I, I agree that it's a problem passing in the final third, but I would say that Everton's biggest problem uh, is perhaps their defense. Because if you if you look at so the XG for this game, uh, of course Arsenal had three goals, Everton had two. One point three five. One point three five to what? Two point one three, I believe. I had one point seven nine, but uh, it, it could have come from a different, different source. Yeah. yeah, I think I used. But an, anyways, the what the gist is that Everton had a higher XG than Arsenal, so it shows that there were being more productive, getting better shots on the offense. Um, Everton had uh, almost twice as many shots with 17 compared to Arsenal's nine, mm-hmm. uh, but the same number on target. Um, and Everton had only 40 passes less than Arsenal's 491. So pre- pretty even except for that shot number. So, uh, And I think a lot of that yeah. comes down to the to – the- Clinicality, the clinicalness of the strikers. I mean, they they have they have Pierre Aubameyang, who I think is a right. world class striker. Oh, definitely. Um, and we'll talk about him a little. And later. I think Richarlison yeah. is getting up to world class. Yeah. But Dom Dom missed two really really big chances. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, if you look at our info goal graphics, it's our two biggest chances we missed. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think that's part of the issue. I really don't think our defense is our defense. Mm-hmm. If we did what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if Coleman came in, I think it would help shore it up a lot. Sidibe is 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 our biggest defensive liability right now. Mm-hmm. He goes forward, but he can't always track back as well. And when you have a Wobi as your 
as your right mid. I mean, a Wobie's mm-hmm. not going to be able to handle that. He, mm-hmm. he just isn't. Yeah. Um, Dinier tracks back well enough that when he bombs forward, you don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree yeah. with you mm-hmm. for one thing. So I think Sadiq is a huge defensive liability. I'm going to tell you something about Mina. Ah, I agree. A, I, I'm going to oh, tell you something okay. about Mina. I'm curious to hear this now. Mina, Mina plays a lot like Jan Vertonghen. Now, he's slow. And the problem is, I think the one reason, I, and, and this this is kind of... He's not fast. No, no, but I think his... Mm-hmm. his He's no Theo Walcott. His agility, you know in FIFA they have agility? Yeah. His he's, agility is negative. He's, he's, he bumbles. Yeah, he, he bumbles he around. And I think the problem is, I, and I think Sadibe is your worst defender. By far. But I think Mina hurts your center back core... I think he's gonna. He's also young still, so he's gonna get there. I mean, he's like 20, 27, 25, Yeah, but he's 26. not. He's, he's not like uh, he's okay, not okay. old. But he's be, not younger, Tongan. Be, before you counter this, I went back and I looked at all three goals that uh, Arsenal scored against Everton in the last game, and I attribute at least most of the blame to Yerry Mina in in all of these goals. I'll, I'll go through them one by one. So Nikita um, slips behind. Uh, Hulk gaining Mina on that one easily just gets through them completely passes Mina taps it in great okay. great goal for him but I can counter all of these in real time if you want well let, let me go through all of them and then, we, and then we can <laughs> but um but it, it was just Mina and Holgate falling asleep not tracking him uh, in between and and not blocking him on the second goal um Sure, Aubameyang outruns Sidibe, but the only reason he was able to get so much space in behind was that Mina was looking, he was ball watching. He was watching David Luiz, and instead of falling back, because um, I believe Nikita was was pressing up, so Holgate stayed with Mina. Mina was pre- pressing up. Sidibe was, um, he was next to Aubameyang. This was before Aubameyang ran in. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mina decides to stop, and uh, the rest of the back line gets about five yards deeper than him, and that's exactly when Aubameyang makes the run, uh, and Mina's just too far away. And then on the last one, uh, Mina was uh, marking Aubameyang, right, looking for the cross in, and then Aubameyang just drops into the space, Mina doesn't follow him, and Aubameyang gets an easy header, and Mina comes up and shoves him behind, yeah. right? If Aubameyang doesn't get that on goal, then it's a penalty right mm-hmm. there. Um, so I okay. So I think it's really his fault. I attribute all of those to Jabril Sidibe. So and I'll explain why. So with okay. the Aubameyang, or no, sorry, the the Nikita the mm-hmm. Nikita goal, that was a I'm giving most of the credit to that one to Buki Osaka. Yeah. But Saka should not have been able to get that cross off in the first place. I, I agree. Sidibe Sidibe got torched, but the reason yep. he got torched is because he was pressing so far up, and mm-hmm. that just it's that style mm-hmm. of play in itself mm-hmm. that. That is an issue, and there's a big debate about whether or not we uh, use our option to buy him. I mean, the option's only 14 million pounds or something. It's it's not a bad deal, especially for a player mm. that can I, produce. I take him. I, I, I wouldn't because we have John Joe Kenny on loan at Schalke, and I think that he deserves an opportunity to come in and try it, mm-hmm. try and prove himself. But um, so yeah, that one, uh, yeah, Yeri could have done better. Yeri is slow. I'm not. He is not fast. Uh, I think Mason Holgate helps to kind of cover those deficiencies, and his strength and and aerial prowess are, are what make up for it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, so the second goal, which was Obama Yang just running past our defense, Sidibe needs to be back on that. There's, there is, Mina could have done better. I right. agree. Yeah. But Sidibe needs to be back on that. He mm-hmm. shouldn't have been able to get that ball in the mm-hmm. first place. Uh, and that was a brilliant, 
through ball by David Luiz. It was oh. incredible. Oh. It was Champions a, League Champions winner. winner David David it was a gorgeous pass. But um, and then for the the Chelsea third one, missed him today. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> the third one, the third one. Um, I, I blame Sidibe on that. Sidibe is supposed to be the one that's marking a bombing, not him. Uh, I'm gonna blame Sidibe a little bit. Leighton Baines, uh, the the smallest of bits. Mm-hmm. He's he he played he played well defensively, and he mm-hmm. just didn't knock that cross. He should have tried to at least challenge. No, the cross uh, I, I believe at the end of that, uh, leading up to that third goal, um, all of the midfield was pressing the mm-hmm. ball. All of them were up, and it led to a, a great deal of space. I, I believe Aubameyang and um, uh, the other two players that were up there. Uh, had a lot of space, and we're only facing that four-man back yeah. line. And I just think Sidibe, yeah. Sidibe was the one that was supposed to to stay on him, but he decided to drop back and, I guess, cover against somebody running mm-hmm. up from behind him. But I, I, that's why I think it's it's mainly Sidibe's issue. But and I I can talk about Gilfie now if you want. I have please much. Okay, so I, I'm ready. Speak. As I was talking about our our failure to to make passes in the final third, I think that's where our Gilfie problem manifests itself. Uh, so Everton paid $45 million, more million pounds, more dollars, 45 million pounds for a number 10 who is slow, doesn't put in a consistent shift, and isn't great at creating opportunities from open play. Did you pay 45 million pounds? I forget, and I may be totally wrong. Were Was Swansea relegated? Was that when um, they got relegated the season before? I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but it's 40, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Forty-five million pounds. Uh, his set piece delivery is incredible, but that's not enough to justify him staying in the team when we really aren't the best at converting those opportunities. We're better than we were last year. Uh, Dom and Richel, Richarlison's heading has been incredible, and Yerry Mina put a couple in against uh, against Watford, I believe, from set pieces, and those were those were much much needed goals. I just don't think that we don't have the room for a slow central number 10 who doesn't really create that well in open play bernard i just i just think of uh moise keen's i guess first and only goal at this point uh, that gilfie sigerton would never have been able to do that bernard or no sorry dom dominic calvert lewin controlled a pass that was errant controlled that got it to bernard bernard took i think two touches and flicked it over the head of uh of the defenders and then Moise Keane was able to 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 put it home and I like I just there's I've never seen Gilfie Sigurdsson do something like that to create for others. There's he has some goals where you're like wow that was an incredible goal but he it, he just doesn't do it often enough and he hasn't done it. You you, you make you, often it sounds like how year. I talked about Christian Eriksen. Yeah, Chris he, knows this. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. He hasn't done it often enough this year. Last year he scored 13 goals and had eight assists. I think this year he's on one goal and two assists. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, so the question is, how much are you going to sell him to enter for? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I, if we can get like 20, 25 back for him, mm-hmm. just to recruit, just to recoup a little bit. I mean, there's not, when is his contract up? I don't know for a while, okay. two or three years okay. at most. And he's not, he's not one of the ones that we worry about mm-hmm. as much. I mean, there's <laughs> Umar Niase, um, Yannick Balassi. Cuco Martina, Kevin Morales, I think, is technically still under contract at Everton. Um, there is some wages that we need to get off mm-hmm. uh, of our wage bill. Uh, Morgan Schneiderlin, even, but Schneiderlin's been able to do a job at least. Mm-hmm. I just think Gilfie, it doesn't fit with this system. We, in a four-four-two, you need two central midfielders who are going to work 
um, and hopefully provide a little bit of penetration, and that's what I think Gomes does. And the one next to him needs to be a solid defensive midfielder, which Gilfie Sigurdsson is the polar opposite of. Mm-hmm. So, All right, from Everton to Arsenal, and welcome to this week's Talk of Arsenal. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Aubameyang because he is world-class, uh, arguably arguably the best striker in the Premier League this season uh, on a struggling Arsenal team. Arsenal would not be in ninth place. And I know that doesn't sound good, but I just want to put this in perspective. Uh, Arsenal can, Arsenal can are, are three points back from sixth, um, and they're only seven points off of Chelsea in the top four. So they're not, they're, it, it's arguably still possible. Uh, and last week we, well, we're going to talk about Aubameyang and we're going to talk about Arteta quick. Uh, First, we'll talk about Aubameyang. So, uh, Aubameyang has been outstanding this season, and the question really here is, uh, at the end of the season, and Arteta has something to do with this, does Aubameyang stay or does he go? Uh, I'll put my opinion in there first. I believe he should stay. Uh, My opinion has shifted on this, um, but it could shift next week again, depending on Arsenal. Mm. Uh, I didn't think Arsenal actually played that well this past weekend. They, uh, they didn't. They didn't. I. I, I think. Uh, I think we Everton should have at least gotten a point, if not three, from that game. Uh, I think Aubameyang should stay. Uh, that does not say the same for Lacazette, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I, I have, think I have the exact same thing. I think Arsenal. Uh, so the biggest problem with Arsenal right now and in the future is I think Arsenal need to get top five. I don't think they have a choice. Uh, and, sent, and there's a reason I say that. It's not because, you know, the club's going to falter. It's because financially they need it. Um, if they don't go far in Europa, they're going to struggle in uh, finances. They spent $72 million on Pepe. I'll say that every week. Very, very questionable I'd, financial choices. Wouldn't give them a year. No, 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 no. We're not. It, it's along the lines of I, I've always yeah. stated. I've always stated the, the fact, and Chris, mm-hmm. Chris knows I stated this. Mm-hmm. When you need defenders, when you need oh, center yeah. backs, when you need a center defensive mid. Sorry, Shaka. When you need a <laughs> center defensive mid, and you spend seventy-two million on a winger who doesn't I know defend. doesn't defend. It just doesn't make any sense it, to me. It would be like if uh, if Liverpool. Uh, Instead of going after Virgil Van Dyke and buying him for seventy-five million, they went and bought Mbappe instead. Liverpool would be a completely different team not, without Virgil Van Dyke. Oh yeah, no. and and they Arsenal got a band-aid. They got Champions League winner David Luiz. Oh no, they they, they he, sat there and they took that. He's but, but, but he's a band-aid. I, I, that's that's what. So yeah. I, I, I'm of the same mind of, of David. I think that that Aubameyang is integral to what they need to do. They he, have to he, keep him. He, mm. he is. He mm. is. They would not be. They'll be. In, they'd be in trouble this year if they yes. didn't have. He is. He is woefully underrated on the world stage. I think. I think he is one of oh, the yeah. five best strikers in Europe. I mean, what Ronaldo, Mbappe. Lewandowski. Lewandowski, of course. I'd say Aguero. Chiro and Mobile. Uh, this year, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, so like, I, I think he's up, up at that level with Chiro and Mobley. Um, and I just think that, I mean, they could get a lot for him. They should be able to get a lot I for mean, him. I mean, it's a question. But I don't think they'll sell him. I think selling Lacazette makes more sense. It does. Um, and then using that to shore up your back line because, boy, do they need that. So then the question comes to Arteta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Arteta's, they, Arsenal have not lost since the new year. 
Uh, they're one of the only teams that haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, who's the other one? Bayern. And Liverpool. Yeah. No, no, well, Liverpool lost. In, oh, in, oh, in, all, yeah, competition. Right. in all competitions. In all but, but, competition, yeah. but, okay, Bayern Munich. Uh, so the question then comes, uh, Arteta, is he? Is this just a run of games? Or are they just playing some weak teams? Or is this has Arteta made an impact? Uh, he's made an impact, but mm-hmm. I think it's also a run of games. I think it's a run of games too. I, I think Arteta. I they're much more attacking. They look better. They they're they're better organized. But I think I think at some point we're going to see a fracture. I don't know when it's going to be. Uh, Most definitely. But he also came into he came into a sandbox where it was like, oh, look at all these pretty toys, and he's exactly that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to come in and make your attacking options as good as they can get. And, the, and I just want to see what he tries. To, he's what no, he does with that back line. Like he's no mm-hmm. like I think the difference between him and Pep Guardiola is. Pep Guardiola had a huge bank. He could buy who he wanted. Arteta can't. And it sucks for Arsenal fans uh, because I think they really wanted Pepe to be that huge player they brought in. So they'd be like, we bought this huge player. He performed well. He's a star. We don't need to do this. wanted to be their Mohamed Salah. And he was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, I I think uh, for Arteta, he's definitely come in with a plan. Right. Uh, I, I think he's made the players confident in his plan. Like even players like Granite Jaka are being given a chance uh, in this team. But I, I, I really think that he's playing to his players' talents. Right. So um, we, we were talking about Aubameyang. I think the best comparison for Aubameyang this season uh, and his impact to Arsenal is to Eden Hazard last season for Chelsea. So Aubameyang has uh, he's gotten 22 goals last season. And 17 goals for, so far this season, which is 56% of Arsenal's goals. Mm-hmm. So it, without him, Arsenal are probably in relegation right now. Um, Honestly, yes. Yeah, yeah. His his contract, however, his contract expires next summer, uh, and uh, yeah, he he's that. been. Uh, it was reported that he's been unwilling to sign a new contract yet. That doesn't mean that he's going to. You're but saying it expires like. Next summer or like this not coming this, summer? Not, not next this one, next summer. summer. Next summer. Yeah. So it's 20, like if they lose him on a free, oh my June goodness. June 30th, well, 2021. Yeah, and he's he's 30 years old. And one of the reasons why he's, he's you know. He's 33? 30. 30. 30. Oh, okay. He, one of the reasons why he's still thinking about this is because he wants to play in Champions League. And I don't see Arsenal getting into the Champions League for at least another maybe two seasons. Um and and Hazard, right? Hazard moved because um, he he saw an opportunity at Madrid. He saw Champions League every season consistently. Remember, in his last year, he won the Europa League with Chelsea. They were going to the Champions League, but he still decided uh, to leave. Um, and he had 31 goal involvements out of Chelsea's 63 goals. And Chelsea were able to find players to fill in, but it s- still they haven't been nearly as good as they were last season. Right, last season they were third in the league, um, and now they're struggling to get top four. Uh, it seems like they're they're in fourth right now, but it's going to be a struggle to stay in there. Um, but I I think that um, Arteta is definitely going to want to hold on to Aubameyang and that he's integral to the way they play. Yeah. All right. So speaking on the holding on to players, uh, Tanner brought up a really great talking point this week about since relegation's coming up, uh, talking about. Poaching players off the relegation team. So right now, just so uh, <coughs> Norwich, mm. Watford, West Ham, Aston Villa, 
I'm going to say those are the four teams yeah. that I believe are in chance of going down. Yeah. And so, I, I think that it'll be Villa, West Ham, and Norwich that go down. I think Wofford has enough talent to stay up. But if they do go down, I will take Abdoulaye Decore like, immediately. He, he is that, that type of, of central defensive midfielder that, that we desperately need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can actually create a little bit. Kind of in the same mold as Gomes, just definitely more more accomplished defensively. Or is and is Mela is Mela Sar, although I don't think they'll let him go no matter what. He's still young. He's the future of their of their team. Um but you know, I would I would take either of them in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, I mean I want Max Aaron. You want Max Aaron you see I yeah, I'd be cool with Max Aaron's too, but I'm stuck on Emiliano Buendia. Uh oh, he's outstanding. Albeit he's right footed, um, but he does play on the right and that is a, a position of need <laughs> for Everton. They've also been reporting that if Norwich go down, that uh, Cantwell would be a oh, huge yes. target to Liverpool. Yes, I mean, there's, um, it's the whole. Th- it's the same which, thing with Grealish, I think. Of course, oh, well, Grealish, well, Grealish, is, Grealish, Grealish is more. the biggest player out of any of them. Ever, anyone that I talk to wants Grealish. I United want Grealish. wants Grealish. I want Grealish. Tottenham wants Grealish. I don't want Grealish. I love him. Everton doesn't. I Tanner wanted, doesn't I, want Grealish. That's just because he's a number ten. It's just all. It just uh, wouldn't fit our I want, system. I wanted him. I wanted him. Years ago, I wanted him two yeah. years ago. I, I've I wanted Drew this for a long time. Yeah, and I mean he's kind of, but he's also Villa through and through. I don't know if he would leave. I, I think he, that he would leave. He, uh, yeah, but you never know. He almost came to Tottenham two years ago. Yeah. All right, West Ham though. Oh uh, yeah. West Ham have got a, a very a, tough run of games too. They have Southampton, yeah. Arsenal, um, Wolverhampton, Tottenham, Chelsea. I don't see them They're going down. I don't see them getting points down, for. Yeah. I mean, I just at, at least four out of those. But five who games. would you poach from them? Lucas Fabianski. Lucas Fabianski for for me, just to give Jordan Pickford some some competition. Declan Rice. Declan Rice. I take Sebastian Holler. Eh. I take. Um, it's a Diop. I'd be cool. With this in all game. honesty, I take Declan Rice. Should have stayed in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people on West Ham I take. I mean, Felipe Anderson is good. Everton just don't need another left-sided player. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I'm thinking about. True. All right. So today was a, uh, as this is not only a Premier League podcast, this is also Champions League. Uh, Chelsea, Bayern Munich played the day. As it says in the intro. As it says in the intro. <laughs> and uh, Bayern Munich won three to nothing. Uh, I think I can do this off the top of my head without even looking it up. Nabry had a goal, two goals. Uh, he loves scoring in London. Well, he had and, four uh, goals against Tottenham I'm in that aware. 7-2 game, I'm I believe. Aware. And uh, Lewandowski <laughs> scored a goal. Uh, Chelsea just got bamboozled today. Uh, oh, and, yes. And, and the cherry on the top was Marcus Lanza got a red card. So, I really... <laughs> Chelsea's we, just oh. not as good as Bayern. Bayern is just head and shoulders above them. Oh, Bayern point. that And Bayern's one of the best teams in Europe. Alfonso Davies is unbelievable. Alfonso, Alfonso Davies is unbelievable. Incredible. That, I mean, just him... Avery's unbelievable. He's, oh. he's already one of the better players, at least in that position in Europe, I think. But he's he's going to hey, be a star. Shout out MLS. That's where he came yeah, from. And that's why Vancouver, I'm glad to Vancouver see Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm really glad to see it, especially for the MLS. I think that'll be, yeah, along with Almiron and, and uh, what, who else is over there that, that left the MLS? I mean, just a lot of the young guys that are coming over from the MLS and, and developing in Europe is Something that's really good to see. And I think that's what the MLS needs to go towards. Not MLS podcast, but just my two cents. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for this game, it, it's interesting because Chelsea put out an almost, I, I believe, identical lineup uh, in the game against Tottenham that they played um, over the weekend. So uh, I'm just going to compare some of these numbers to see how Chelsea play facing an actual team. 
<laughs> so, so Chelsea uh, in their 2-1 win over Tottenham uh, had 49% possession, 17 shots with seven shots on target, and 551 passes. And playing against Bayern, they had 36% possession, 13% less, almost half as many shots with nine, and only three of those being on target, and 394 passes completed. And they... We, we real like, this is just making me relive seven. Like, like seven, two. I can't even imagine what would happen now. Oh, it would be hilarious if that ended up being the aggregate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I honestly, I just don't see Chelsea scoring two goals at uh, the Allianz. No, but, um, I won't. No, I, Serge Gnabry, of course, loves scoring in North London. He has six goals there just a season, uh, if you count the, the four and the two. Um, but I, I mean, on paper, this game was. One hand or one sided the entire way. Bayern had a three point eleven xG, while Chelsea only had a one point one six. Um, and I just I don't see how Chelsea are going to beat Bayern. Bayern overwhelmingly have the better players. They have Coutinho and they put him on the bench because they they have eleven players that are better than him. All right. Well, we got to get into predictions for next for the next uh, next week, but we're gonna start uh, with the. Champions League game tomorrow of Manchester City versus Real Madrid. This is a really unique game, uh, really good game, probably one of the best games out of all the ties. Uh, so I'm going to start. Uh, I think that Real Madrid are going to win 2-1. to one. Uh, I, I have no idea what to expect from this. Where is this one being played? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm thinking Real, but... Again, it's a 50-50 shot. So Yeah, it is. Um I think I think for this one, see, Real Madrid have only lost one out of their last 16 matches. It's the Bernabeu. So it's in Madrid. Yeah. It's in Madrid. Okay. So, um they they've lost one out of their last 16 and Real Madrid um are unlike City only 2 points behind the leaders, uh Barcelona. City of course are 22 points behind. Hey, what do you know? Chris turned it into something about Liverpool. Just let that sink in. Um, I kind of guessed that was, <laughs> and I, I think, um, I think in this one, City, of course, have something to prove, right? With this whole um, UEFA ban and everything, City are going to be angry, and this is the biggest thing that they have to play for. Of course, they they also have the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, and they have, um, they they have a, a Champions League Carabao Cup final and a champ and a FA Cup game all before their next league game. Uh, so I think they're going to focus on uh, the trophies that can they can win. And what's also very impressive is if they go on to win the Carabao Cup and potentially win the FA Cup, they would have won uh, eight out of the last nine available domestic titles, which is unreal. Unreal. Yeah, yeah unreal. But um, they've been struggling in the league. Uh, they, I mean, they, they really have, especially in that loss against uh, Tottenham. They just they didn't look coherent. Um, I, I think it'll be hard for them to be um, – this Real Madrid side. So I, I'm going to say in the first leg, uh, Madrid 2, City nil. All right. So I think City is going to come out with a UEFA-sized chip on their shoulder <laughs> um, and play one of those play one of those classic pep games. You know, dominating possession, 9,000 passes, just dominating, e- even against Madrid. 
even at the Bernabeu. I think it's going to be two. I think it's, I still think it's going to be two one because Madrid is too good to to get blown out of the water. Um, but I think if you look at the scoreline and then you look at the statistics, if the scoreline may be close, I think it's going to be two one. But I think the statistics will show that it's going to be all City. I also think that City is is. I think they're going to make a run. I don't know if they'll win it, um, but I think they're going to make a run in the Champions League and and threaten. I said that at the beginning of the year, too. Uh, I just think they're dangerous. I I think the one thing about City uh, this season is that uh, they haven't really been tested in Europe. Um, Whereas Real Madrid have. Real Madrid, uh, of course, played PSG in their group stage. But if you look at um, Manchester City's group stage, they had Atalanta, uh, Shekhtar, and Dynamo Zagreb. Not European powerhouses, uh, whereas uh, Real Madrid uh, were second to PSG and uh, Club uh, Brugge, as I have heard that it is pronounced, um, uh, behind them. Uh, so I, I I think them not being tested uh, in Europe, and of course their uh, hiccups in Europe uh, in the past seasons, uh, set a bit of a precedent for this game. All right, from Champions League to the Carabao Cup. Uh, this week, Aston Villa plays Manchester City. Uh, Manchester City is going to win this. I'm, I can't tell you what the score is going to be, but they're going to win this. Uh, I'll say three to nothing. Three nothing. See, we, we said that about the, the West Ham-Liverpool game, and we predicted 3-0 and 5-0. And they ended up giving Liverpool a 3-2 game. But on the other hand, and um, this is a complete flip from the uh, the City-Real Madrid tie, uh, City faced uh, Aston Villa recently in the league and beat them 6-1. to one. Um, Villa had seven shots with one on target. City had 22 shots, 12 on target. And City had 71% of the possession and 877 passes. Over the course of the game, just ridiculous numbers. Uh, so, yeah, City are gonna win this four nil, probably. Uh, I'm gonna be rooting for City r- rather, <laughs> rather v- voraciously. Um, I mean, they are. If they win that, then it's potential that the eighth spot um, will will go to the Europa League, which European football would be great for for my club. So I'm rooting for them, but I also think they're gonna win. Three to one. I think it's going to be closer than 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 a lot of people expect, just because Villa. I mean, this is all they have to play for. Rather it'd than be, it'd be weird if Villa got uh, really would Europa League and they're in it's championship. It's happened before. <laughs> I, th- I want to say it happened with Hull, Hull oh, City. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they won one of the cups and then went down. Um, but it's it's it would be interesting to see. All right, we got seven or eight Premier League games this week. Uh, Arsenal does not play because they're supposed to play Manchester City, and Sheffield does not play because they play Aston Villa, did the Carabao Cup, so they kind of get a bye week. Uh, so Friday's game is Norwich versus Leicester. Um, it's going to be 2-1. to one. Leicester. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nor- it's at Leicester? Nor- Norwich no, have been struggling. Um, of course, and I, I still think that they're going to get relegated. They're Lasting goals, uh, tied for last with only 24 in their second uh, behind Villa in goals against with 51 compared to Villa's 52. Um, yeah, Leicester's going to win. I'm going to say 3-0. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1. I think, I mean, you saw what 
what Wolves did to Norwich and Leicester are like they're they're a little bit better than Wolves if they do kind of play similar styles. Uh, obviously not as much counterattacking, but I think they're going to win three three one. Brighton Hove Albion plays Crystal Palace this upcoming weekend at six thirty on Saturday morning. Ew. Uh, I know it was. Really <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a one nothing win for Crystal Palace. I just feel. I don't know why I feel that. I just, do. <laughs> just cause. Yeah, just cause. I don't know. I, I'm going I with it. I'm going with a one-one draw. Yeah. Um. Uh. Crystal Palace. Uh. Beat Newcastle. Um. And Brighton drew Sheffield over the weekend. Um. I. I think. I think. I think it's going to be a one-one draw. I don't think there's going to be too much between the sides. I, every time I do this, I click on the game to see where the home game is, and then I totally lose my spot. <laughs> like it, I swear it happens every time. Uh, Bournemouth played Chelsea on on nine o'clock on Saturday morning. The game is at Vitality, so it's not at Chelsea. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Chelsea recover from this thrashing they got uh, from Bayern Munich. Uh, I think it'll be a one-one draw. Yeah, I believe Marcus Alonso actually scored in in the last game between Bournemouth and um, Chelsea. But uh, Bournemouth are also going to be looking to bounce back after that uh, uh, unfortunate game. Yeah. Um, yeah, So uh, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a draw. Um, I I think it's going to be 2-2 draw. Harry Wilson's going to score a brace. <laughs> I have a, I have a little more faith in Chelsea. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be three one. Um, well, no, two zero. Bournemouth, the way that they play, they're not, they're not good. I, they could go down too, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, two two nothing Chelsea. Uh, this week's mid table game of the week is Newcastle versus Burnley. Uh, Burnley Burnley's ahead of Everton right now. Yeah, well, they're probably going to be ahead of Tottenham by the end of this game. I'm going to pick Burnley. <laughs> uh, they're going to win two to nothing. Uh, I don't know. Burnley's kind of been on a roll lately. They're playing really well, considering they were in relegation earlier this year. Uh, it's been a lot of change in the relegation throughout the season. I mean, now we're kind of in the same boat, but a lot of change. Uh, so, but yeah, two nothing to Burnley. Yeah, they uh, they beat Bournemouth. Um, uh, I mean, of course, in that unfortunate manner. If you're a Bournemouth fan, but they. They also had uh, 3.07 xG, so it's not like they oh they they beat them by a lucky penalty. They still won and pretty much dominated them. Uh, it seems like even though Burnley, of course, play that you know deep low block style, uh, I I still see Burnley uh, going through. Like you said, they've been on a roll. I, I see two nil. Uh, so it is at St James. Um, no, it's at. It's at uh, Turf Moor. Oh. Okay. No, it is at St. James. Yeah, it's at St. James. I just clicked it. I'm about to say. Um, so I'm actually going to say it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Um, I think that Newcastle is going to have a little something to prove. I think they're going to get up early and then blow it at the end, a la Everton <laughs> against Newcastle. Our favorite 18th place team, West Ham United, plays Southampton. Uh, I, How many goals is Danny Ings going to score? <laughs> Dude, I don't even Hat-trick. know. I, I, Through the legs. <laughs> so, uh, well, Southampton are going to win this game two to one, but they're going to start by losing, and they're going to have to come back. That's my that's my prediction. Oh, that's a Wolves prediction right there. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna say Southampton are are gonna be able to to beat uh, this struggling West Ham side. I'm gonna say three one with um, a, a brace by Danny Ings. It, it is it is at uh, at the London Stadium. So um, I'm gonna say that David Moyes is not gonna lose, but he's he's not gonna win either. It's gonna be one one. Another one one draw. I've had like three of those, but <laughs> still. Uh, Watford Liverpool eleven thirty on Saturday morning. I, I think, I, again, yeah. this is going to be Watford. Another, Watford. Oh, Watford. Uh, Watford uh, uh, this, this is going to be another one of those weeks where I think we skip Chris because we already know what he's going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Chris, go ahead. You're first. Fine. Okay. Are you saying um, five or eight? What are you doing? Uh, seven two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting this weekend because Klopp's going to be able to. Uh, mess around with the lineup just considering uh the opposition uh this isn't at anfield so of course it's going to be a test uh watford uh are, are still a good opponent uh especially after their what was it third managerial change of the season um so i, I still think they have it in them don't forget that they made it to um the fa cup final last season beating wolves that's true uh, in the semifinal that's true, they did. uh but uh i i think I think Klopp's going to start uh, Alex Oxley and Chamberlain in this one, especially after uh, his his performance um, against West Ham. Uh, just the improvement that he uh, made in the squad over Navicata. Uh, I'm not dissing Navicata in any way. Uh, he's a good player, but it, it just wasn't his day, and he he still needs to you know develop and find that role. And of course, missing Henderson's going to be an issue. Uh, but uh, James Milner also had a muscle strain. Uh, so that's why he wasn't in the West Ham game, but I think he'll be able to uh, come back for this one. Hopefully, uh, I I see three to one. We're probably gonna let one in in just a ignorant fashion, but yeah, three to one. What are you thinking? Uh, three nil. I think it's <laughs> gonna be two nil for the majority of the game, and then they're just Watford's gonna try and attack and well, Watford's gonna, gonna get a work. corner. Yeah, and, Watford's going to get a corner and Liverpool's going to score off, off their it's corner. It's ridiculous. Yeah. As my friend Austin, who is a Watford fan, I have no choice but to choose Watford. Two to nothing Watford. I mean, you have a choice to be wrong or right, and you chose wrong. So. No, no I, chose, <laughs> I chose Watford. Go, go Hornets. <laughs> uh, Spurs play Fight. Wolves. Oh, this is going to be – oh, this is terrible. Spurs play Wolves at 8 a.m., uh, there's two 8 a.m. games on Sunday. Both the games on Sunday are at 8 a.m. Thank gosh, this is not on TV. Uh, really? No, it's actually oh, yeah. the next yeah. game. But uh, so Spurs play Wolves. Wolves are going to win two to nothing. Yeah, uh, I- I'm not sure if you heard, but Spurs don't have a striker right well now, which is a big problem when you're trying to score goals. So I think Spurs will get zero goals in this Correct. game. And Wolves, uh, if Wolves get a goal, that would be more than zero. Correct. Um, so I believe that Wolves are going to score, uh, I'm going to say two goals. Two nothing? Because Raul Jimenez is really good. Yes, he is. And I think he's He's a score. striker. He's a striker. He's one of yes, those. Yes, he is. He's one of those guys that Tottenham doesn't have. You know, except for Except for Parrot. Yeah, except I think if, we don't play Parrot. If Parrot, Mourinho plays Parrot, then I think it'll be two to one Wolves. But if Mourinho doesn't play Parrot, it's going to be two nil Wolves. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go two one Wolves. I think, I think, I think Chelsea's going to get or Chelsea, I'm sorry. I think Tottenham's going to get one through. I don't I don't know how. Own goal. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's going to score. I don't know what team they'll be on, but somebody's going to score. And so talking. two to one. This week's game of the week uh is Everton versus Manchester United. 
at Goodison Park. At Goodison Park. Huge game uh, for Everton and Manchester United. Uh, this would be a huge jump for either one of them. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Everton, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I got to go with Manchester United 2, Everton 1. As bad as I want to choose Everton, I actually, for some reason, I feel like Manchester United kind of have something going, and I just can't hop off the... I, I, I believe that. I think they got... I think they're only figured something out in Bruno Fernandes, and that's just what he's... That's fine. Uh, he's going with it. He's riding that. That's perfect. No, like I've said... Um, Ole's entire plan is I'm going to get 11 players and put them on a pitch and see if they can play together. I don't think he has a system. Uh, I think he has players, and he's going to try and put out the best players that he has every week um, and and try and see if they can mesh together. And, yeah, Bruno Fernandes is filling that Pogba spot that he's been missing for a while. Of course, Pogba played really well uh, in that first month that Ole was in charge of um, the wheel. Uh, <laughs> and um, but I I think this will be a real test for Ancelotti. If if Everton can beat United, it, it'll show that maybe they can play in Europe next season. Maybe they can clinch that eighth or maybe even seventh spot. Uh, and I think they can do it. I, I'm gonna say two one Everton. Uh, so I, I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic when it comes to my teams. Pretty sure I said that last time I was on the podcast, but. I, I so I think that that United has some of the same type of attacking ability that Arsenal flayed us with. I mean they they can put Martial out left or Rashford out left, and if we start Sidibe, we will lose. Uh, especially if they have that pace on the on the left, like they he will just get torched. I, I have no doubt about it. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a a two one win. For Everton, uh, it's very, very hesitant to say. I think it could just as easily be a 1-1 draw or 2-1 the other way or, heck, even a 2-2 draw. I think it'll be a really good game. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I just really, really hope we win because if we win, we can at least get a little momentum going before we have to play Chelsea. Albeit Chelsea's not great, but no, got to get the wins. Well, Tanner, thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Of course. We, we love having you on here, especially as a – Rival to Liverpool, <laughs> it's yes. tough. If you want to hear me rant about Everton, you can just knock on my door. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's tough for me out here because Liverpool's in first, and we're in—I don't even know. Well, at least you don't have to get, deal with that Chelsea guy. Hey, at least you're not <laughs> in eleventh. True. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Stoppage Time. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, we'll be going over the this week's games. Uh, And we will also be covering the next two weeks of games due to spring break coming up. So thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stoppage Time. You can follow us on Instagram at stoppagetime91.1 for news, updates, and more. Be sure to tune in next week for another great episode on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts.